morning, everyone. Uh, keep your Bible there open in front of you. That's going to be super helpful. If you've got a, um, a drawing sheet with the three, uh, the three scenes, uh, keep listening. I'm going to give you a heads up as we go along so that you can draw along as we read through this part of the Bible. I'll pray and then we'll get started. Let's pray. Father, thanks uh, for this month of being able to read through some of these different bits of Luke's Gospel. Father, as we uh, read this short bit of the Bible today, please help us to listen really well to what you have to say to us. Amen. This part of Luke's Gospel reminds me of going to the cinema. Now, I'm not the sort of person who goes to the cinema very often. Um, that's because when I think about going to the cinema, the things that pop into my mind are the really uh, sticky cinema seats and uh, the um, popcorn that's all over the floor and the cost of the tickets and uh, often the fact that I could sit at home and watch almost anything I want on one of the four subscription services that I'm already paying for. And so I hardly ever go to the cinema. But when I do go to the cinema, I actually really enjoy it. And the reason I really enjoy it is because when you're at the cinema, there's no distractions. When you're in that room, it's like all of life outside just sort of fades into nothing. You know, you can't, when you're at the cinema, you can't pause everything to make dinner. You can't get interrupted by a knock at the door. Everything just fades away into the background. And the whole experience is designed to draw your full focus. The big screen, the big sound. You are fully immersed in just one thing. And I think of it because this part of Luke, Peter and James and John, they have that kind of experience with Jesus. Everything just gets stripped away and all of their senses and all of their attention is drawn to Jesus. They are invited to be fully immersed, listening intently to Jesus. And we've been touching down on some different bits of Luke's Gospel, noticing some of the interesting things that happened to King Jesus along the way. Uh, last week, hopefully you remember, Jesus got laughed at, although as we saw, Jesus is not someone to be laughed off, but someone to be depended on. Uh, today, the king gets the spotlight. Jesus is put on center stage. Here we discover that Jesus deserves our full attention, and he deserves our whole focus. He's someone that we have to pay attention and listen to. And it, it all gets summarized for us in verse 35, which is kind of at the end of um, the, the reading that we read a moment ago. But have a look at verse 35. It's where God says of Jesus, this is my son, this is my chosen one, listen to him. God's saying, this is Jesus, he is not like anyone else. Pay attention to Jesus. This is my son, this is my chosen one, so put away every other distraction, put away every other noise, and fully immerse yourself in listening to Jesus. And the, the rest of this episode that we read, it tells us why Jesus is worth listening to. And it does that in sort of three uh, different scenes. The first scene sort of sets the context of what's happening. The second scene is where uh, a lot of the action is. And then the third scene sort of brings it all together and puts the spotlight on Jesus, showing that he is the one who is worth our full attention.
Let's have a look at the first scene. This is the one that sets the context for us. It's in verse 28. And uh, kids, if you're uh, drawing your first scene on your sheet of paper, here's the first scene to draw. Peter and James and John going up a mountain with Jesus to pray. Verse 28. Have a look at it. It says, Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on a mountain to pray. Now that, that's important, that eight days later, that's actually referring to something that happened, well, eight days earlier, where Peter identified Jesus as being the Christ. Peter identified Jesus as being God's specially chosen king and rescuer. That's a pretty significant thing to happen. A pretty big moment because through Luke's Gospel, as we've discovered the last few weeks, all sorts of different people have been reacting to Jesus in all sorts of different ways. Jesus has been quizzed. He's been run out of town. But up until chapter 9, no one has treated Jesus as the Christ. No one's treated him as God's chosen king and rescuer. There's been one point in Luke's Gospel where an angel proclaimed that Jesus was the Christ. You might remember that we read about that back on Christmas Day. There was another point where the Holy Spirit told a man named Simeon just before he died that Jesus was the Christ. There's been demons who knew that Jesus was the Christ. But for the first time in chapter 9, Someone has straight up said Jesus is God's specially chosen saviour of the world. Peter has said Jesus is the Christ. That's a pretty big moment. And the very first thing Luke tells us after that happens, he tells us that Peter and John and James went up a mountain with Jesus. Scene two is what happened up on that mountain. Starts in verse 29. Have a look, verse 29. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothes became dazzling white. Uh, kids, here's the second scene to draw. Jesus becomes dazzling white and he talks with Moses and Elijah. Now, last week, we read that Jesus raised the little girl from the dead. So we're pretty used to Jesus doing some extraordinary things. But even after that, this is incredible. Jesus is physically transformed in front of their eyes. If you've got an NIV Bible, uh, it says that his face became as bright as a flash of lightning. It's hard to imagine anything more intensely bright than a flash of lightning. What's happening here is Peter and John and James they're getting a sneak peek at the glory and the splendor of Jesus. Uh, it's like they're getting a sneak peek into heaven itself. It's, it's like they're seeing a, a trailer for a new blockbuster movie that has not come out yet. They're seeing Jesus not just as the man that he is, but also as God's eternal and all-powerful and breathtakingly glorious King. And if Jesus' physical appearance wasn't engrossing enough. Uh, on top of that, these two Old Testament heroes appear, Moses and Elijah. 
Have a look at verse 30. Two men were talking with Jesus, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good that we're here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Now, things are moving pretty quickly here. The action is moving pretty quickly here. When it says in verse 31 that they were talking about Jesus' departure, you might have a footnote in your Bible pointing this out. That word departure is actually the word exodus. As soon as we hear the word exodus, all of a sudden a whole bunch of clues start falling into place. Here they are, up a mountain. Moses is there. God's glory is there. There's a great cloud there. There's tent. This is just like what we read back in December in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. That time in Israel's history when God's people camped around Mount Sinai and God's glory covered the mountain in a cloud and God came to stay with his people in a tent, a tabernacle tent. And God spoke through Moses and all the people listened. Suddenly, here in Luke, we're being reminded of that time, that time when God powerfully rescued his people. Peter and John and James are being immersed in in the great rescue from Israel's history. That's no accident. It's pointing us to the reason why Jesus is worth our full attention. It's pointing us to the reason why God says, listen to Jesus. Because, of course, it's now Jesus who has the power and the authority to rescue people. Jesus and Moses and Elijah are talking about an exodus They're talking about what Jesus will do when he goes to Jerusalem. They are talking about his new, greater rescue. It's a rescue that's just as powerful, just as decisive, just as far-reaching as the Old Testament Exodus rescue. Uh, In fact, even much more so. Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem and the Exodus that they're talking about is the day that he lays down his life dies, he rises again to save sinners. He's going to go to the cross in our place so we can be forgiven. The things Jesus is going to accomplish in Jerusalem is the greatest rescue the world has ever seen. So why wouldn't you listen to Jesus? Given what Jesus is about to do, given Jesus is about to bring about a rescue for the world, there is no one more worth paying attention to. Now, Peter wants to hear more of this conversation. He wants to hear more from Moses and Elijah. And, of course, understandable, in the Old Testament, Moses was the one through whom God gave his people their law. Elijah, one of the great prophets through whom God spoke to his people. Any Jew, like Peter, would be beside themselves with a chance to hear more from these two men. So Peter starts talking about setting up a tent for them, but that is the point where God himself interrupts. Verse 35. 
voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And as soon as that voice is spoken, the whole stage empties and the spotlight is just on Jesus. And in this last scene, there is just one character which serves to make God's words all the more clear in their meaning. When he says, listen to him, there's only one person he's talking about. He's talking about his son. He's talking about his chosen one. He's not talking about Moses. He's not talking about Elijah. He's not talking about the law or the prophets, as important as those guys were in the Old Testament. It's now all about Jesus. Kids, here's uh, scene three to be drawing, and it's just Jesus. Because whoever you might have been listening to up until now, now it's time to listen to Jesus. This is quite a pivotal moment in uh, Luke's gospel. It's actually paving the way for the next big section of the book, and we've alluded to this a, a couple of times over January. Jesus is just about, as soon as this sort of episode ends, Jesus is about to set out on a journey. He's about to go to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem to achieve, accomplish those that exodus that he's been talking about. Starting next week, next Sunday, we're going to go with him. Uh, Luke wants to take us with Jesus to see him go on his way to bring about this great rescue. And we're going to be following Jesus on that journey starting next week. And reading that section of Luke is actually going to take up a considerable part of this year. Um, So please don't miss next week when we're going to be launching our plans for 2024 as we start on that journey to Jerusalem with Jesus. But for today, the lesson is really very simple. Listen to Jesus. Because he's the great rescuer. Listen to Jesus because he's the one who can save us from sin. Listen to Jesus because his rescue is more powerful and more dazzling even than the rescue of God's people from slavery in Egypt all those years ago. There is no one more qualified to put us on the right path in life than the one who has given us life for eternity. Imagine being rescued from drowning in a rip by a lifeguard and then not listening to them when they tell you to swim between the flags. Imagine going to your doctor and discovering you've got a severe nut allergy and then afterwards heading off down the supermarket to buy a jar of peanut butter. Imagine not listening to the one who can save you from dying. The great rescuer has arrived. Jesus knows what it looks like for us to live as his rescued people. Of course we've got to listen to him. Jesus has good news of great joy. How are we going at listening to Jesus? Peter and John and James, they got to listen to Jesus face to face. That would have been quite incredible, but of course we hear Jesus differently now. Um, It's not complicated, though, the way that we hear Jesus. There's just one way. 
that God has promised that we will hear the words of Jesus and it's by reading the Bible. When we read God's word, we hear Jesus. That makes being really intentional about reading our Bible pretty important, I reckon. Uh, Even though there's just one way that God promises that we will hear Jesus, uh, reading our Bible can happen in lots and lots of different places, can't it? There's really obvious ones, like just carving out time regularly to read your Bible. Uh, Do that by yourself. Take notes if it helps. Listen to an audio Bible in your car while you're going for a run. You know, maybe also think about reading the Bible with a friend. Catch up once a week, once a fortnight. Read the Bible with the people who live with you. Spouse, your kids, your brother or sister, your flatmate. Don't stop there though. Get along to a small group. A small group, you can read the Bible each week with a bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ. As Bryson mentioned earlier, stay tuned the next couple of weeks because our small groups will be starting up for the year. Uh, And I always say there's never a bad time to join a small group. There is absolutely a best time to join a small group though, and that's at the start of the year. Don't underestimate the value of being in a small group. Uh, If you're not part of one, you're missing out on another opportunity to listen to Jesus, the great rescuer. But again, don't stop there. Um, As we thought about last year, our whole church family here, we are a gift to one another. A gift given to us by Jesus. And so every time that we speak gospel truth to each other, we don't have to be quoting the Bible at each other, but but every time we encourage one another with the gospel, every time we help each other live all for Jesus, every time that happens, that's a chance to listen to Jesus by listening to one another, listening to our brothers and sisters here. We can listen to good gospel podcasts. We can read good gospel books. We want to maximise the time that we can spend listening to Jesus. I know sometimes um, we get a bit slack, I know I do, and and we think we're listening to Jesus because we pick up our Bible every time we've had a bad day. um, Or we come up with an idea or an opinion and we pick up a Bible to validate what we sort of already think. We read Christian books on whatever topic interests us this month. Please don't hear me wrong. You absolutely should do all of those things. Please do. But we can do even better than that when it comes to listening to Jesus. Because if if we really want to listen to Jesus well, then we want to let Jesus set the agenda for that. And we want to hear everything Jesus has to say. And we want to hear what Jesus has to say the way he wants to say it. We want to let him frame it the way he wants to frame it. So I reckon we want to be really good at intentionally listening to Jesus. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the topic of New Year's resolutions came up and apparently some listeners to this podcast had written in to the host to share their New Year's resolutions. Uh, One person's resolution was to get out of debt. Another person wanted to be content in their work. Um, The one that stood out to me, though, was really kind of weird. 
person wrote in and said that they wanted to be really intentional about eating jam. Weird, hey? To be fair to them, I think this person was just really, really keen on jam, and so they wanted to, like, you know, uh, locally and ethically source their jam consumption. Good on them. Let me humbly suggest that even more important than locally sourced jam, that we resolve to listen intentionally to Jesus. It's not too late to start a Bible reading plan for this year. It's not too late to start or change or grow a habit of listening. Uh, if, you, if, you're not, if you're really not sure where to start, why not just start reading tomorrow morning where we left off today? Luke chapter 9, verse 37. As easy as that. There's lots of voices around in the world around us that want us to listen to them. There's lots of noise. Some of those voices are helpful, some of them not so much. None of them come close to the value of listening to Jesus. Because he and he alone is the one who rescues us. But of course it's easy for that noise to drown out Jesus. And distract our attention from Jesus. And so this part of Luke is an invitation to go to the cinema, so to speak. It's a dramatic, uh, colourful, attention-grabbing invitation to let those noises fade into the background and give our whole attention to Jesus. To listen fully to the one who has rescued us. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Father God, please help us to listen to Jesus. Uh, Father, thank you that uh, Jesus brings good news of great joy. That Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. Father, thank you that Jesus brings freedom from sin and death. And so, Father, please help us to listen to Jesus. God, please help us to be really good at helping each other to listen to Jesus too. Amen.